0: Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Godly Stability. The text is found in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 20. And I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Stability in the fear and faith of God will make a man like a wall of brass, which no one can batter down or break. Only the Lord can make such. But we need such men in the church and in the world, but specially in the pulpit. Against uncompromising men of truth, this age of shams will fight tooth and nail. Nothing seems to offend Satan and his seed like decision. They attack holy firmness, even as the Assyrians besieged fenced cities. The joy is that they cannot prevail against those whom God has made strong in His strength carried about with every wind of doctrine. Others only need to be blown upon, and away they go. But those who love the doctrines of grace, because they possess the grace of the doctrines, stand like rocks in the midst of raging seas. Whence this stability? I am with thee, saith the Lord. That is the true answer. Jehovah will save and deliver faithful souls from all the assaults of the adversary. Hosts are against us. But the Lord of hosts is with us. We dare not budge an inch, for the Lord himself holds us in our place, and there we will abide forever.
1: for you.
0: Down through the centuries, there have been remarkable visitations of God, during which thousands were gloriously saved. Times such as the Protestant Reformation, the revivals in England under John Wesley and George Whitfield, the Great Awakening in America associated with Jonathan Edwards were times of genuine spiritual revival. The common factor in all of these events was an undeniable demonstration of the power of God rather than the ingenuity of man. In the early 1950s, such a revival occurred on the Isle of Lewis, one of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of several years, hundreds of people were converted to Christ, and many churches were built to take care of them. Again, the Holy Spirit of God came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Strong men, hardened sinners who mocked the preacher, were suddenly struck to their knees by the roadside under conviction of sin. Young people in a local dance hall left their frivolity and ran to the churches, crying for mercy upon their souls. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available CD copies of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis, including Duncan Campbell's own account of that, as well as personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those revival times. To obtain your own copies of what happened at that time, just request the CDs of the revival on the Isle of Lewis. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or if you wish, you may write Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues a message entitled, The Compassion of Christ. The text is Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 38, a record of Christ's healing power. From a demon-possessed man to a little girl who had died, Jesus showed that He could do what no one else could do. No situation or circumstance was hopeless before His power a truth that should give much encouragement as believers seek to evangelize the lost. In contrast to the proud and hypocritical Pharisees, Christ was always approachable, making himself available to all who recognize their need of him. Now to continue this message, The Compassion of Christ, here is Dr. Cairns.
2: Now as a result of the miracles of healing that the Lord Jesus did here, the people were impressed with his power. We read in verse 33 at the end of the verse that they cried, It was never so seen in Israel. And they were rightly impressed. I mean, who would not be impressed by the power of one who could speak and a dead girl comes to life? Who would not be impressed with the power of one who could grant healing by a person merely touching the hem of his clothing? Who would not be impressed with the power of one who could put his hand upon the eyes of the blind and they receive their sight? Who could cast out a devil and make a mute to burst forth in the praise and worship of Jehovah? Who would not be impressed with his power? The people were rightly impressed with his power, and so ought we to be, because never let us lose sight of this fact. The Lord Jesus Christ can do what none else can do should bring hope to the hopeless, light to the most darkened. The Lord Jesus can do what nobody else can do. You may be here this morning depressed, defeated, overcome by sin, by the world. You may be as wicked as the devil can make you, and your own flesh can connive at being. But let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ can do what none else can do. There's hope for the hopeless— That is something that should be like fuel to the engines of our evangelism. Just think of it. You look at what we are called to do in the world. We are called to go and preach Christ. I think of the words of the Lord Jesus as he sent out his disciples to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, as ye go, preach. As ye go, preach. That was the uh, motto text for the world's first gospel telephone ministry uh, up in New York. I remember um, the man who was in charge of that ministry coming to Northern Ireland, and he believed that, as ye go preach. I'd never really met the like of him. Uh, He never went anywhere without preaching when he went into what you call a drugstore. In Britain, we don't call them drugstores. A chemist's shop or uh, a pharmacy, but not a drugstore. That has too many negative connotations. But uh, as he'd go into there to buy, could be a packet of tissues or whatever. Sometimes I think he went into stores to buy something he didn't really need, just so that he could get face to face with the person behind the counter. And he gave them the gospel every time, every single time, as ye go preach. Now just think of that. We're sent out into a world that's dark to preach about light. We're sent out to blind men to command them to see. We're sent out to depraved men to command them to come to the fount of all holiness. We're sent out to dead men to command them to live. In itself, the whole scheme is impossible, or apparently so. Add to that that the blind don't want to see, unlike the the men in this passage of Scripture. The blind don't want to see. The dead don't want to live. They're quite happy to be dead in their sin. The unholy don't want to be holy. They think that's bondage, and they think their unholiness is freedom. So that makes it even more impossible. But Jesus says, as you go, preach— How are we to go? What is the confidence? What is the fire that will burn within us to make us go? It is not just the sight of the needy. It is the knowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ has power to do whatever he wills. That there's none can stay his hand. There is none can derail his program. There is none can overcome his power. The Lord Jesus Christ can do what none other can do. And that gives us the confidence to step out with the gospel, to go to the bleak parts of the earth, to go to the mission fields of the world, to go to where it's hopeless and see the Lord do great things. For your encouragement, let me tell you this morning, he is doing great things our churches in Northern Ireland welcomed recently uh, a Presbyterian preacher from Singapore, and they had wonderful meetings. They were telling me, I need to get him to come and visit the churches in North America. A tremendous preacher. And he was telling them of uh, the thousands of missionaries that are going into Communist China, and that now, according to the Communist Chinese— they reckon they have a hundred million Bible-believing Christians in their country and that many political scientists in the area are projecting that China will become soon the world's foremost Protestant nation. To us, it seems impossible. What? Communist China? The most closed, the most difficult, the most impenetrable place on earth. Think of it, a hundred million souls. That's their figures. Only the Lord knows what the real figure is. You're talking something approaching half the population of the United States in recent years saved by the grace of God in the most ungodly Christ-hating, Bible-denying, officially atheistic country on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ can do what nobody else can do. He has great power. Isn't it interesting that despite the demonstration of that divine power, the Pharisees murmured, saying he's casting out devils through the prince of devils. As none so blind as those who do not wish to see. Religious prejudice blinds people so effectively that standing in the presence of incarnate deity, watching the flow of divine power, seeing the miracles of divine grace, these men who knew the Bible by heart, these men who could recite great passages of Scripture, word perfect, these men who spent hours in praying— were so full of prejudice that they attributed to the devil the working of the Holy Ghost with power. I don't want to get off on a tangent. The Pharisees are not the only people blinded by religious prejudice. You have heard the tape of the Isle of Lewis Revival. And if you're a visitor and don't understand that, if you haven't, then please inquire afterwards and make sure you get either the tape or the CD of the story of the Isle of Lewis revival. And if it doesn't burden your heart and bless your soul, there's something radically wrong. Do you know something? That revival went for four or five years. And the most orthodox Presbyterians on the island the most orthodox, the most strictly biblical, we would say separated Presbyterians on the island, lived through it all, denying that there ever was a work of God at all. In the 1859 revival in Northern Ireland, when 100,000 souls were saved in one year. Remember, this is a little infinitesimally small spot on the earth in the middle of the 19th century. 100,000 people saved in one year. That That would be like, again, almost half the population of America getting saved in a year. tremendous move of God. You go to our country, or my country, to this day, and I can bring you to the great churches that were built to house the converts. And yet, a leading Presbyterian minister could write a book summing up all that year's activity under the title, The Year of Delusion. The Year of Delusion. The Pharisees don't have a corner on blind religious prejudice. They said he's doing this through the power of Satan. What was Christ's response? It was to preach more and to heal more. And he lets us into the secret of the heart behind the healings in verses 36 through 38. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted. They were like sheep having no shepherd. Then he uttered those great words. I don't know quite at this moment. I may come back to them next week, and I may not. The Lord knows. But he uttered those great words, the harvest truly is plenteous, But the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want us to have a look at this insight into the heart of Christ, for I want us to think simply of the compassion of Christ. His compassion made him available. He was never too busy. He had time for everyone who needed him. I think that's one of the great themes of the gospel is the availability of Christ. I'm not going to labor it this morning, for I have preached on that as we have gone through the life of Christ thus far, the availability of Christ. Have you ever come to the Lord in prayer and the devil has injected that poisonous thought into your mind? The Lord is too busy to deal with you. I mean, why? Why would you be able to get through to God? you. Listen, the Lord is available. And second, he's approachable. Do you notice this? Every kind of person, whether it was a ruler, or an anonymous woman, or two blind men, or a demon-possessed deaf-mute, didn't matter what their status in life was. It didn't matter what the state of their IQ was. It didn't matter what their religious experience was. When they came to Jesus Christ and they approached him, he was approachable. You think of what the psalmist said in Psalm 138, verse 6, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect or regard unto the lowly. The Lord has time to turn his eyes upon the lowliest and the neediest, the most impoverished the meanest of us creatures. He is always approachable. Again, this is a lie that the devil injects into our thinking. We come to pray, and he says, the Lord may hear a preacher, the Lord may hear an evangelist, the Lord may hear some great person, but the Lord is not going to hear you. Who are you to come before the Lord? What right do you have that would make you think that God Almighty is going to listen to a a pygmy, a non-entity such as you? The psalmist answered that very effectively in Psalm 40. In verse 17, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh on me. That's an amazing text of Scripture. It's one of the most beautiful statements in the Bible. The Lord thinketh on me. Now, I want you to understand something. I can't presume to explain this, but I want you to understand at least the statement I'm making. This mighty universe of ours is not the universe of the deists that was like a clock that was wound up by the eternal clockmaker, and it's just going on, working out uh, the uh, fatalistic plan. That's not how the universe works. Colossians 1 tells me it hangs together in the Lord Jesus Christ, every part working according to the eternal power and wisdom of God, and especially— of the Word, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, God doesn't have to sit down every day puzzling. What am I going to do? How am I going to get this to work? There is a new theory doing the rounds in evangelicalism. It is a cursed apostasy. It is called the open view of God. It is a God who doesn't really know what he's where he's going, what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. It is a God who is in a state of flux, a God who is in a state of becoming, a God who is learning from his past efforts, a God who is still adjusting everything to try and get it to come out right. That is not what the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is doing. In his omniscience— and in his omnipotence—those are words that I can use, and I have no idea in the world what they mean—nor does any other man who has ever lived other than the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. But in his omniscience and his omnipotence, God
1: is working all
2: things after the good pleasure of his own purpose and the counsel of his own will.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at one eight six four. Two four four two four zero eight. That's one 864 Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.faitfpc.org fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak